thank you for those kind words. Um, yeah, when I look back, we've only been coming along since July and um, walked in the door and Lisa greeted us in a beautiful way. Um, but it was probably only after two weeks of coming that I just knew that this was going to be my new home. Claire did too. And um, just been so thankful for your love, um, for those who have got to know a little bit. I uh, really appreciate your kindness and your prayers and um, would love to get to know more of you, those who haven't really had much to do with. So, um, yeah, thanks very much. But Claire and I are going to um, give our testimony and uh, share our story. So I've um, written most of it down because I um, didn't want to get too tongue-twisted. So. <laughs> All right. Um, wasn't that a good start to the morning? Thank you to all our musicians. It felt like we had a really good crew this morning, um, and that was a real blessing, so thank you. Um, just on what Matthew said, I was thinking this morning that, um, actually I read in my devotions, that grapes grow in a cluster. They don't grow on their own, and, and we're all here together, and we're in God's family, and we grapes together, and I just think that's really cool, that we're all here to grow, so. Um, when Lloyd asked us to share our story, and we're telling our story together because it is our story, um, I was happy to do so. <laughs> and then reality hit, and I was like, eek, <laughs> this could get messy. But I believe in the value of sharing our stories, and I've experienced, well, we've both experienced the grace that comes when you know people's journeys. So here we go. Um, our slide's up there nice and early. <laughs> it's our family. And we've been married for 29 years this December. We have three amazing adult children. We've got an awesome daughter-in-law and two fur babies in our family. Now, if you know me at all, the fact that I have a dog is amazing. Um, I used to be a bit of a clean freak. I still can be. But somehow I have a dog. So God's blessings are good. Um, so that's our family. And today we'd just like to share with you just how God's been so gracious to us. As it says in Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. So Lance and I were both raised in Christian families. We probably met in the nursery, even though I have no recollection of that. I do remember the first time that our eyes met across the room as we sat in youth devotions, nonetheless. And I remember thinking, oh, what big brown eyes he's got. <laughs> I always knew that God was real and present from a young age. I remember going through a stage of being scared of the dark and my mum brought me a glow-in-the-dark picture of Jesus. <laughs> Sounds kind of creepy, doesn't it? <laughs> but it comforted me, and it gave me the, the awareness that he was with me. I would talk to God often, believing that he heard me, and I loved reading my Bible as a preteen, especially Proverbs. Um, I attended church regularly with my family. Um, my first tangible experience of God's presence that I can remember uh, and that made an impact on me would have been at a Christian sort of boys camp and uh, during bonfire night, they called it, 
uh, when boys and leaders would sort of pray and sing and um, uh, and many people got touched in those times and um, and I was one of them where I just uh, knew from those nights that God was real and uh, felt his presence. Now when Lance and I first met, I was the young age of 14, and we started off with the best of intentions. But the church that we attended at the time told us not to have any contact until I was 18. They must have seen that we were trouble. <laughs> and because we weren't on board with this, we made the, the choice to keep our relationship secret. And despite our desire to do the right thing, I fell pregnant. Now we were so terrified of the fallout from this that we booked one-way tickets to Australia. However, in God's mercy this came to light and over time we were able to, able to reconcile with God, our families and even our church. Um, adoption was presented as an option but Claire and I rejected that. Um, and uh, we did talk to people about that decision but uh, deep down we just knew that that wasn't for us. Um, this prospect of being a parent instantly turned our lives upside down and um, I knew that I wanted to be there for our baby and for Claire. After family and church friends found out I knew that I had to do some deep soul searching. Uh, this was a big deal and we clearly hadn't been living within God's protective boundaries. I spent the Christmas holidays repenting, praying, asking God what I should be doing. And I remember him clearly saying that he wanted us to go back to the church we'd come from and face the consequences, or not so much that, but the choices that we'd made. Um, and that was the last thing that I ever wanted to do. But we did, and um, the following year was a roller coaster year. Um, we won't go into detail, but lots of things happened and uh, we had many highs, many lows, and uh, it concluded that year in us getting married in December. Um, and my son Elias got to attend in his waistcoat and his nappies. <laughs> we even managed to dig a photo out of the archives for you. <laughs> So our son was born when I was 16, and we were married six months later. Um, I was 17 and Lance was 19. So there were many people who advised us not to get married, but we were committed to each other and wanted to be together to raise our son. It was a difficult time, but we also both experienced God's graciousness through the tangible love of people in our church who accepted and loved us where we were at. I loved being a mum, and our second child was born when I was 18, and our third followed six years later. Kids are so precious. One of my biggest regrets is that our issues affected our children, and our home wasn't the safe haven for them that it should have been. I do struggle with disappointment from where I failed them and mistakes that I made, but I know that our God is a God of redemption and that he can bring beauty from ashes. I'd like to share with you a quote from one of my heroes of faith, Corrie Tembo. When a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the engineer. In the first few years of marriage, we were busy trying to make ends meet on one income and enjoying time with our son. 
but a few years into her marriage, everything changed. You see, God had placed his finger on an issue I had with lust before we got married, but I was too embarrassed to bring it into the light. As with all hidden sin, eventually it can come out in a more destructive way. After opening the door to sexual sin, what followed was a living nightmare. Addiction, self-hatred, shame, frustration, anger, depression, and suicidal thoughts plagued my life, and I didn't know how to break free. I sought help within the church, but the message I got was stop sinning, read your Bible, pray more, and be more committed to coming to church. I tried this, but it only added to frustration, shame, after the addiction cycle took its course again and again. I deeply regret the times I hurt Claire and my children during this period. You might ask, how did I get free? The answer is multifaceted, but the summary is, I came to know the truth. The truth about myself, but more importantly, the truth about Jesus, the truth of the gospel, and my identity in Christ. I'd like to share a promise that God gave me in 2003 when I was still overcome. Ezekiel 36, 25 to 28 says, Then I, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take this heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and will cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you will dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. I've emphasized the I will because at the time it was a revelation to me that God would do the changing because my efforts to change were failing big time. There have been many hard days, but I've learned that Jesus is always with us, especially in the dark. Nights where I wouldn't know what the morning would bring, when all I, all I could do was whisper Jesus, and he would be there. I'd pray for deliverance, but instead he gave me the grace to carry on, little by little, day by day. I didn't always get it right, but he was always there to guide me, and he gave me glimmers of hope and treasures in the darkness. I was desperate for affirmation and love, and yes, I was tempted. Thoughts of like, give him a taste of what it feels like, revenge, or the need to prove that I was of value. However, God gave me the wisdom to see the fallout from choosing that path. And in the words of Simon Peter, Lord, to whom shall we go? For you alone have the words of eternal life. I remember one day I was overwhelmed and struggling. My phone rang and it was a friend of mine. We weren't that close at the time, but that she explained that she'd had my phone number running through her mind all morning. She said she wasn't even sure whose number it was, but that she felt God was telling her to call and remind me of his love. I often think back on how it's the little things that lift us up and the importance of listening to the Holy Spirit. I don't want to miss opportunities to lift up others the way that God has used people to help me. God gave me a promise from Isaiah 43 way back in 1999. <laughs> 
Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. One of the early lessons for me was the importance of forgiveness. I didn't want to be a doormat and for there to be no consequences. But I soon realized that holding on to unforgiveness tormented me more in the long run. I believe that God gave me the grace to forgive and to see what he could see in Lance, not just the circumstances that we were in. Many times we said to each other, God hasn't brought us this far for us to give up now. I remember things started to change when a facilitator of a support group I attended said, Think of the worst thing that you've ever done and how at that moment Jesus was with you. He didn't run away but wept beside you because you didn't know your own creative value. All of us are profoundly valuable to God. If you weren't, he wouldn't have sent his son down to earth to die that we might have new life in him. Back when I was a slave, a phrase used to play in my head, I hate myself, I want to die. Whenever it comes to mind again, I change it too. I hate my old life. I have died with Christ. When you come to Jesus, he invites us into his death. That might sound pretty weird, but for me it's so attractive because I know what it's like to do things my way and live a selfish life. In Romans it says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since you have died to sin, how can you continue to live in it? If you, or have you forgotten that you, when you were joined with Jesus Christ in baptism, we, were joined in his, we joined him in his death? For he died and... For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. So you should consider yourselves dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. I wrestled a bit with how much I share today, but my Heavenly Father reminded me that the guy I'm talking about is dead. So what was I worried about? God has been so merciful to me and Claire has been so faithful and showing the grace and the love of God to me. I hate to think how my life would be if she had given up. If there are issues that you're struggling with, then can I encourage you to look for help and keep looking and keep looking until you get the help that you need. The first few people that we went to for help couldn't help us. Later on, we tried again. There were some duds and unhelpful, and some were possibly harmful, but in desperation, we kept trying. At some point, we found a counsellor that we were both comfortable with, and he was helpful to a point. One of the things that he taught us was the all things factor. 
not so much that God works all things together for our good, but more that he uses all things. He can take the little bits of truth that we glean on our journey and bring it together to be the truth that sets us free. Uh, in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, His divine power has given us everything, all things, we need for life and godliness through the full knowledge of the one who called us by his own glory and excellence. Through these he has given us his precious and wonderful promises that through them you may participate in the divine nature, seeing that you have escaped the corruption that is in the world caused by evil desires. Um, I was just thinking, uh, there's another translation that talks, uh, that sort of says, um, partakers of the divine nature. And um, just when Matthew was talking about taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, when, he, when, when I think of that word partake, it's like this big banquet that God's put out for us, um, where we can feast on his love and his grace and all the things he has to offer us. And I think as we do that, um, we get a better understanding of his d divine nature and also get the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And I just think it's so amazing that, um, you know, he'd take us sinners, he'd make us righteous in his sight and, uh, and put the Holy Spirit within us and transform us, really. And... Um, I just look forward to what more he's going to do in our lives. And um, it's just so comforting to know that God, through his spirit, has given us everything we need to live a life for him. It's through the truth and the promises in his word that we're invited to have more of his nature and the fruit evident in our lives. And we can spend the rest of our life on earth participate, participating in that amazing journey. You want to keep going? <laughs> okay, so we now have a mentor that we see on a regular basis, and he's a great support to us both in all areas of our life. I really believe in the power of confession and that God wants healing and wholeness for every part of us, spirit, soul, and body. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. And I think I said to someone the other day, I've never had as much prayer as what I've had in the last month now, since coming into this church. So I, I just think that's amazing and I really thank you all for it. Early in our marriage, we decided that we wouldn't bring up divorce. But I must say, I do like the quote from Ruth Bell Graham. I've never con considered divorce, she once said. Murder, yes, but not divorce. <laughs> bit of a heavy story so <laughs> and I have considered it. <laughs> Lance and I are blessed in that not only are we husband and wife but we're also friends. We've walked a hard road together and there are parts of our story that I wish had never happened but we've experienced the faithfulness, the mercy and the grace of God in so many ways. I'll finish with another favourite quote of mine from Betsy Tenboom, who died while in a Nazi concentration camp. There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. God has been our rock. He's been our defender and the lifter of our heads. And we just want to give glory to him.
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you both so, so much. Thank you for your courage in sharing the story. But thank you both for, for continuing to say yes to Jesus. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, it's just utterly inspiring. And, and, it's, and it's reflective of every one of our journey, isn't it? it there's, there's so many places where we could have just said, I'm done. And, and yet we've heard today the, the faithfulness of God, but also the faithfulness of his people. Um, so thank you both so much. And how do you respond to that? Who wants to get their life right? <laughs> All of us. That was an easy question. <clears throat> but I, I, I think we'll worship again. And, and but let's just let's just listen for what he's saying to us, because you know there's a, there's a beautiful passage. And I know it's you know it's not entirely talking about this, but in, in Revelation it says that and they overcame uh, talking of Satan. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And our testimony is, is his testimony. Um, and, and, but, but what we've heard today is the power of a testimony, the, the power of saying, just keeping on choosing Jesus, you know, and, and then watching over time how that builds a life, a beautiful life. And we just love you both so much. We are so grateful that you've become part of this church. We're so grateful that you've shared your story and we're so grateful that you love us back. It's so amazing. <clears throat>